0: To the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On podcast network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24DiamondPortfolio.com. On there, can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show. We are going to be talking about the starting rotation for the Dimebacks in 2022. I'm going to be giving my way too early predictions and projections for who I think should be The starting five for the D-backs in 2022. And then we're going to talk a little bullpen as well. But I forgot to tell you guys, if you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account. Or look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you. But that's what we're talking about today's pod way too early 2022 starting rotation predictions and bullpen predictions who i think should be the starting five and who i think should be like the main three or four guys out the bullpen as well so it's a jam-packed pod and we got a whole bunch i want to talk to you guys about today a whole bunch of fun stuff i want to talk to you guys about today so let's jump right into it Daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. First time doing a solo YouTube video since my bout with COVID, so I'm a little I'm a little jumbled over here. Uh, the the intro was a little, little rough, but we're okay. We're gonna keep going and making making it through this podcast, because t- guys, today I want to talk to you guys about my way too early 2022 starting rotation predictions, and we're going to talk about the bullpen as well, the you know the closer, the setup guy who I think should be that for the D-backs in 2022, but I first want to start with the starting rotation, and we'll first start with who should be the D-backs ace in 2022, and of course, it has to be the guy we're all thinking of, the obvious answer here, Zach Allen. He's the guy who should be taking the ball game one opening day. I think Madison Bumgarner has done the last two opening days, but those days should be over. Like, Gallon is clearly the best starting rotation pitcher we have. He's clearly the best pitcher overall the D-backs have it's not even close it's not even a competition so there should really be no discussion against uh against Zach Gallin to be the day one starter I don't care if he's going against a whole lineup of righties and or excuse me I don't care if he's going against a whole lineup of righties yeah that would be the correct thing because Zach Gallin's a righty so that would be the worst matchup or no that would be the best matchup for him so I don't care if Zach Gallin's going against a whole lineup of lefties and Bumgarner has the advantage. Like, Zach Allen has to be the starter no matter what day one. His numbers were still pretty consistent last season, no matter the leverage or the run support. gallon is a guy who doesn't fret. If you get him one run, if you get him five runs, if it's a high leverage moment with his back against the wall, or if it's the first inning, Zach Allen numbers are pretty consistent across the board, no matter what situation you put him in. I would like to see his walk rate dropped a little bit because I feel like he's a guy who walks batters probably more than he should for how good he is so I think that's probably the biggest area where I want to see him improve but considering this guy had the longest streak to start his major league career of three earned runs or less it was like 27 straight starts like there's not much this guy can improve on in his game the walk rate it's a big one but I'm hoping with new pitching coach Brendan Strom who you've heard me talk about a lot on this podcast I'm hoping He can take Zach Gallen's game to the next level. I'm hoping after this year, we kind of look at Zach Gallen in that upper echelon of starting pitchers in baseball, the level of the DeGroms and the, I don't know, the Zach Wheelers and basically anyone in the Brewers' rotation. I want to get Zach Gallen on that level of perspectiveness from fans of. How they view him I want everyone to view Zach Gallon like how I view Zach Gallon, which is a true way so hopefully Brent Strom in another year of sustained success can do that for Zach Gallon. there's no one I trust more in the rotation the bullpen literally on the team Kentel Marte might be the only player I trust more than Zach Allen. so he has to be the guy who starts day one his spin rate his velo, still looked pretty good overall last year even after the crackdown really didn't seem to affect him I think it was mostly because he was in and out the lineup all year with injuries I think that's why he struggled a little bit last year I don't think it's you Darvish sticky stuff situation because the numbers I think bear it out that he, he pretty much wasn't that different pre or post sticky stuff in terms of spin rate and velo so I'm not worried about any of that for Zach Allen I'm throwing out last year he was hurt most of the year he was in and out the rotation I think he's gonna be back to being a stud next year in 2022 so Zach Allen, you're gonna be my day one starter but who's gonna be the guy following up a Zach Gallant in the rotation I think that's gonna be a Madison Bumgarner one he's paid to be a big game pitcher like let's not forget this man is gonna make over 20 million I believe he's gonna make 23 million dollars this season regardless he's he's owed like 60 million over the last three years so Madison Bumgarner He's a guy who's still getting paid a fat contract and he's still someone who is actually pretty good at not walking people despite seemingly giving up a lot of hits and even though it feels like he walks a lot of people might just be because he goes like four to five innings and walks like two or three guys like the walk rate is actually still pretty good with Bungarner so it's one reason I don't mind him being the number two pitcher and he's still a low-key workhorse like he's still average like 5.6 innings pitch per game last season which is not the like the six and a half he used to average but considering the slow start to his season last year and some of the injuries he dealt with almost six innings a start last season for a guy with like a, a ERA almost five it's not too bad he's still a low-key workhorse another reason why i don't mind him being the number two starter in the rotation and also it's not like we could trade him the only way we'll be able to trade him if he's somehow able to get that value back up so to do that he has to be in the rotation. I think you kind of need him to be that number two starter. Maybe he doesn't pitch like a number two starter, but if he's at least in that number two role and maybe pitching like a guy, like a high-end number three, that might be enough for a team to make a move on Mass and Bumgarner. but I'm pretty sure the D-backs are going to have to throw in some money if they want to get that contract off their books. 395 ERA in the second half last season, so he is a guy who's who historically starts slow. I think if you look at his career splits, April and those first month and a half is somewhere where he really struggles. So I would like to get him off to a quicker start. Bumgarner needs to start quicker overall. Not only are his like first month of the season slow, but anything dealing with first, Bumgarner is not very good at. Like he's not very good against the first, uh, like the the first pitcher you face, the leadoff hitter of a game, not very good against that. Leadoff hitters have a 976 OPS against. Madison Bumgarner in the first inning he allows an 840 OPS as well so and opposing hitters on the first pitch against Madison Bumgarner as an OPS against 900 so first pitcher first batter first inning Madison Bumgarner has struggled in those areas, so he needs to be a guy that starts quicker because historically, the first month of the season starts slow for him, and as the number two starter making over $20 million, he needs to get with Brent Strom and needs to start quicker, so regardless though, because of all that, he's going to be the number two starter in this D-backs rotation because it's going to get choppy after Bumgarner, and we're going to look at a Luke Weaver as the number three starter, in my humble opinion, you could put a Merrill Kelly here, but I think they're going to go with Luke Weaver because like a bumgarner they're still trying to get a return on their luke weaver investment which is they traded paul goldschmidt for this guy now of course they also got carson kelly back in that deal but you can make the argument luke weaver was the headliner maybe it was carson kelly but luke weaver was considered like to be a number two starter with high upside maybe a borderline number one if everything breaks right for him and right now we're hoping he could just be a number four number five starter in this d-backs rotation but i think realistically he will be the number three starter like we hope he pitches like a number four, number five starter, but he'll probably be rolled out every third day because of the investment they have in a Luke Weaver. And he still got upside. Like, if you look at his stat line from last year, like low key, he might have had the best stat line of ever, of any Diamondback starter last season. Like, I think he might have led them in ERA. So it's definitely pretty close. And I think he still has more theoretical upside than a Merrill Kelly, even if Merrill Kelly's, you know practically better when he's actually pitching on the field i think theoretically you look at luke weaver you look at his you know potential skill set you say this guy should be number three starter you know at worst and he should have more upside than that so i think overall he probably has more upside than amary kelly it's a reason why he's probably gonna be the number three starter in the rotation next season hopefully like we're putting all the eggs in this guy's basketball hopefully brent strom can work with luke weaver and just get him out of whatever hole he's in right now because we need to get him back to that 2019 level. He still has a pretty good whip two of the last three years if we take out the 2020 season. Below 1.2, which is pretty good. Needs to work on limiting hard contact. That's been an issue for him. Uh, but he has a 2-3-1 ERA at home. I didn't know this. Luke Weaver's basically Blake Snell. 2-3-1 ERA at home and 709 0 ERA on the road last season. I don't know how I didn't see that stat sooner until I did this exercise. So... I mean, there there's positives and negatives there. It's a good thing that he always performs well at Chase Field, but why is he one of the worst pitchers in baseball when he goes on the road? That's something that needs to be balanced out a little bit more. He also needs run support to be effective because if you just look at his numbers, his ear array goes higher, or excuse me, his ear array drops the more runs he gets like when he gets like one run of support his ERA is like a five or something but when he gets like four or five runs his ERA is all of a sudden like a 2.9 to 3.2 so he's a guy that's gonna need the run support because I think it's easier for him to pitch when his mind isn't clouded of oh this is a 0-0 game entering the fourth inning I can't put anybody on the bases I think he just adds extra pressure to himself so I think it's easier for him to pitch when there's nobody on the bases and also like everyone has talked about, I want to see more secondary pitches with Luke Weaver. He's still a guy that has a lot to improve on, but he's still also someone that has a lot of potential still within him. So I'm hoping Brent Strom can unlock that. Like we're hoping for so much from Brent Strom. Can he take Zach Allen to the next level? Can he turn back the clock on Mass and Bumgarner? Can he unlock Luke Weaver? There's gonna be a lot on Brent Strom's plate next season. But my starting rotation through the first three through the first three days would be a Zach Allen, Madison Bumgarner, and a Luke Weaver entering 2022. Now we'll talk about who should be the number four and number five starter in the D-backs rotation next season, but first I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and they're also... Low calorie, low sugar, while being high protein and high fiber. It's great for you. It's great for a keto diet. It's healthy and it's delicious. If you want your own, just go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. get back into the podcast and i'm a cronkite alum so i went to cronkite today to speak to some upper classmen about you know break into the sports industry i just wanted to shout out everyone i talked to today it was a really fun experience for me so if you're listening to the pod shout out to you right now but let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss who should be the number four and five starter in the rotation and also Who should be the closer for the D-backs? That will probably be a lot quicker conversation. I don't think we have to decide too much on who should be the D-backs closer. But who should be the number four starter in this D-backs rotation? I think it's going to be Merrill Kelly. Now, you can make the argument Merrill Kelly should be the freaking number two starter in this rotation. Because seriously, serious talk, real talk right now. I'm putting on my real talk voice. He might have been, he might be the best D backs pitcher the last two seasons. I know that might be a hot take. I know we got Zach Allen, but if you actually look at the numbers, Merrill Kelly's season was cut short last year, but he was right there neck and neck with Zach Allen through every start he made when he was healthy. Then you look at this season, he was the D backs workhorse. I think he was easily the best D backs pitcher. With all that being said, he might be the best d pitcher the last two seasons, and he's going to be our number four starter. Now, he was dominant in 2020. 2021, uh, a little bit more shakier for Merrill Kelly, but he was still a workhorse this past season. He was among innings pitch leaders before going down with COVID this past year. Fantastic walk rate. Merrill Kelly, the, the strength of his game is not putting dudes on bases via the walk. He has great control, great command, something I really respect from Merrill Kelly. Would like to see some hard contact improve with him because I think he just gives up a little bit too much of that. Sometimes he gives up those extra base hits, but I like his ground ball to fly ball ratio. Even though he gives up a lot of hard contact, it's not a lot of elevated contact. It's a lot of line drives or ground balls, so I don't mind that. Still need to see the hard contact improve. And even though he's fourth in the rotation, like I said before, he's probably the second most trustworthy pitcher the D-backs have after a Zach Allen, so even though I'm putting him fourth, he's the guy I trust the second, he is the second most trustworthy guy still, in my opinion, and with the investments in Bumgarner and a Luke Weaver, I think you just have to put those guys higher, like, I'm paying Bumgarner, I'm not paying Bumgarner, but Mike Hazen, the D-backs are paying Bumgarner, like, over $20 million, that dude better be the number two pitcher for you, Luke Weaver, we traded the freaking franchise star and cornerstone player, like, Luke Weaver better work out, so, Those two have to be higher in the rotation because if they don't work out, people are getting fired, (laughs) so those guys better work out, so that's why they're ahead of Merrill Kelly in the rotation. Also, I kind of want to match Merrill Kelly against the fourth guy in someone else's rotation, so I kind of think Merrill Kelly is one of the better fourth starters in baseball. Not against every fourth starter because, I mean, the Mets last year were throwing out like you know if the Mets rotation was healthy last year they would have been throwing out like Marcus Stroman or something as their fourth starter so he's definitely not the best fourth starter in baseball but i think he's pretty good so i don't mind matching him up against someone else's fourth starter in the rotation and like i said before the workhorse stuff he went at least he Merrill Kelly pitched at least 5 innings in 24 of his 27 starts last year and pitched into the 6th inning in 20 of them could have been better with runners in scoring position and high leverage moments but Every time he went through the lineup second rotation through the lineup third time through the lineup his numbers actually improve. so I do like to see that from a Merrill Kelly the later and deeper he pitches into a ball game the better he's going to get that was kind of the Justin Verlander thing it was like he's throwing 94 95 in the first few innings and then you're like seventh inning Justin Verlander already all of a sudden he's throwing like 97 98 99 that's kind of Merrill Kelly he's not throwing 100 miles an hour but he is someone that gets better as the game gets later so I have the utmost respect for Merrill Kelly. I will never disparage him on this pod. He's someone when I first took over the Lockdown Divebacks podcast. I was like, Merrill Kelly, who the hell is this guy from overseas? Uh, rookie pitcher at 31 years old. But over the last couple of years, I've come to really like and really respect Merrill Kelly. Like I said, second most trustworthy pitcher the D-backs have. So Merrill Kelly, you're going to be my fourth starter in the D-backs rotation. And then who should be the number five starter? This could have gone to a bunch of dudes. There's going to be a lot of guys, I think, in spring training vying for the number five spot in the rotation. Maybe the D-backs signed somebody that should be the number five starter after the lockout. But the guy I'm going with is the guy who was pretty much the number five starter last year for the D-backs. And that is Taylor Widener because he impressed me a lot last season, especially at the beginning of the season. Because, guys, like a lot of people, I had no expectation excuse me, I had no expectations for Taylor Widener, he was someone that used to be a high ranking prospect in the D-backs organization, I think he was as high as like in the top five, maybe even top three for D-backs uh, overall prospects in their organization, so he is someone that used to have some pedigree, and he looked pretty good last year, a two-way two year rate right through his first four starts, then he, missed, then he missed a bunch of time, struggled in those first three starts back, but then he got back on his normal rest and those next four starts after he struggled a little bit after getting back, he went two earned runs or fewer in those next four starts before being moved to the bullpen. So if you kind of just book in his, uh, his experience last year as a starter... He started good, and he ended good. So I don't really care about the middle part because that's where he was kind of hurt and not working on normal rest for a few of those starts. So if you just look at his starts with normal rest, mostly at the beginning and at the end, this dude was pretty good for the D-backs. Again, he didn't have a large sample size. He only made 12 starts last year, but in seven of the 12 starts, he had three earned runs or less. And he had one other start where he had 5.1 innings pitched and four earned runs. So pretty much he had like eight, good starts out of 12 really only like four terrible starts where he gave up like five earned runs or more mostly it was just like I think he had three starts where he gave up five earned runs exactly so he was never giving up like the eight earned run games which is pretty good needs to do a better job of limiting walks in a home runs but again he's young and he is a pretty good strikeout pitcher so uh, again, he, he's like a little Robbie Ray-ish right now, which is a lot of D-backs pitchers kind of are. A lot of them kind of have the flaw of walking guys and giving up home runs while striking out people. But I like Taylor Weiner right now a lot more than I like Robbie Ray that last year. If he continues to pitch like Robbie Ray, then we'll come back on that discussion. But his hard contact numbers uh, could improve as well. That's right in line with what I was saying about limiting home runs. And also, I just don't think there's a better option than Taylor Widener right now. Like, you could go Tyler Gilbert. You could go with a young arm like Corbin Martin. But I think I trust the Taylor Widener more than those guys. He has the first problem, like a massive bum Garner First inning, first pitch. Not very good for him. But what is good for Taylor Widener? Runners in scoring position. 5, 6, and 7 OPS allowed high leverage moments, 670 OPS allowed. So this is a guy who's pretty good when the game's at its brightest or at its toughest, I guess is a better way to say it. Mid-90s fastball, something the D-backs desperately need because they do not have power pitchers on this team. So the fact that he could throw like around 94 miles an hour is pretty impressive when you look at other D-backs pitchers. So Taylor Widener, he's going to be my number five starter in this D-backs rotation. And then I was gonna talk about who should be the closer as well, but we're already kind of running late on time. so we'll save the closer for the third segment because right now I want to tell you about Battle line, which is also brought to you by this podcast or, this podcast is brought to you by BetOnline. I think I said it backwards. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to time today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss the D-backs bullpen because I first want to talk about the closer. This will be a quick conversation, but we have to bring him up. The man, the shark, Mark Melanson will be the D-backs closer in 2022. There will be no discussion around the closer job unless, you know, knock on wood, Mark Melanson gets hurt or something. Outside of that, there's no reason Mark Melanson won't be the closer for the D-backs in 2022 because this guy was phenomenal last season and the D-backs were terrible at converting the few opportunities they had while Mark Melanson was not a 2-2-3 ERA last season and led the NL in saves with 39 saves I think he was an all-star last year as well like we are legit getting an all-star level closer at the back end of his prime for I think a pretty good bargain so rock star ground ball pitcher which fits the which fits the philosophy of a lot of these d-backs pitchers who like to throw the ground ball not throw very hard and just be a ground ball pitcher so i think mark melanson will be a seamless fit the d-backs rotation as a closer but who should be the man setting up mark melanson i think it's gonna be Noah ramirez as a setup man because last year this dude was a revelation for the d-backs a 276 era 8 8 whip eight strikeouts per nine this dude was really good in a d-backs uniform last season been a high-volume back-end reliever the last few seasons, so this is a role he's already familiar with. He's finished a lot of games in his career, even though he wasn't technically the closer or was getting save opportunities. He's been the guy to close or he's been the guy to finish a lot of games throughout his career. Would like to see that ground ball to fly ball ratio get back to where it was the previous few seasons because it was... Going the opposite direction 2021, this is a guy who was pretty damn good with that ground ball to fly ball ratio of the previous few seasons, so I think I want to get him back to that level, especially since like a lot of the d pitchers, his fastball is below 90 miles per hour, so you, you can't be elevating your pitches, or excuse me, you can't let the batter be elevating your pitches if you're only going to be throwing an 89 mile an hour fastball, because those balls will certainly leave the yard and be heading over the fence, what I like about Nora Ramirez, he attacks righties and lefties equally. If you look at his splits, they're pretty much dead even uh, be- between both of those, righties or lefties. 293 OPS allowed with two outs last year. So this guy is clutch when it's time to shut the door, as a lot of people would say. He does that. Two outs, this guy shunned the door, 293 OPS allowed in those situations. And he pitched mostly the eighth inning last year. This was his role, 402 OPS allowed. When he pitched in the 8th inning, absolutely dominant and elite. Still only 32 years old as well, and he's not very old 32 at all. So I think his arms should be pretty lively. So I assume Noah Ramirez will be the setup man to Mark Melanson next season. But who should be the go-to middle reliever? Maybe this is the guy in the 7th inning. Maybe the go-to specialist you're bringing out the bullpen. I think it's going to be Joe Mantipoli based off what we saw last season. And when I was first doing this, uh, you know, taking notes for this and doing this exercise yesterday, I almost said Tyler Clipper because I literally forgot about Tyler Clipper when I was doing my notes for this. I had to research. I was like, Dang. We declined that option. I forgot about that. It's like when I did my lineup predictions last week. I'm not going to lie. I kind of forgot the D-backs traded for Jordan Luplow. That's why I didn't have in my starting lineup for 2022 it was because I kind of just forgot about Jordan Luplow. but Depending on the, the start of that day, it will depend if Jordan luplo's in the lineup or not. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the D-backs were like, let's just roll with our best guys at least for opening day and just put a Pavin Smith or whatever in the outfield. Even though it might be a better advantage for jo- Jordan Luplo, they might still go with like a Pavin or something in the outfield if they just want to go with their best non-guys that day. So we'll see what happens. So sorry, Jordan Luplo, if I, if I forgot about you, because I definitely forgot about Tyler Clippard. The fact that he's not on the D-Backs anymore when I was doing this when I was doing this exercise. Also forgot that Taylor Clark is not on this team anymore. So Adios Taylor Clark as well. So I think Joe Man, typically, to get back on topic, is the middle reliever for the D-Backs. Came out of nowhere last season. Hard throwing sinker ball pitcher. Uh he had a 3.4 ERA last season, a 294. FIP so the numbers should be legit with Joe Mantiply, his 1.5 whip could definitely be improved that's not too good but his hard contact numbers were really solid surprisingly I was I was actually surprised with how good his hard contact numbers against were and his ground ball percentage was around 45 percent as well so impressed with both of those numbers the numbers clearly favor him against lefties as opposed to righties, so he could end up being a lefty specialist, but for now, I'm putting him in as the middle reliever, and he was also very good in non-save situations, so I don't expect him fighting for that you know, that closer role because he had a 3-1-6 ERA in non-save situations, and you don't want to know what the numbers were in safe situations. I also don't have it written down, so we could just move on from that. Numbers with runners in scoring position 639 OPS allowed. That's pretty good. So, Joe Mantipoli is a pretty good big game pitcher, pretty good ground ball pitcher. Not going to kill you on the mound if he could repeat his success from 2021. He's going to be a pretty valuable weapon for the D backs out the bullpen 2022. And then Who should be the long reliever for the D-backs? Well, I think it has to be Caleb Smith because the D-backs tried to use him as a starter to begin the year last year. Tried to use him as a starter during 2020. I think they realized this guy is just way better as a reliever. So why not combine the two? If your starter is struggling, just bring in a Caleb Smith because this guy was dominant as a reliever last season. 695 ERA as a starter, but 2.7 ERA as a reliever. His numbers were pretty consistent no matter how many days of rest he got as a reliever. So he's someone you could throw on zero days or one day of rest, and it doesn't really matter to him. Very good strikeout pitcher, almost double-digit strikeouts per nine. So I do like that about uh, uh, Caleb Smith. He's probably the guy that reminds me the most of Robbie Ray on this team because he he absolutely loves walking dudes. Back in 2019, I think he led the AL and the home runs allowed as well. So this is someone that can strike out dudes walk dudes, and give up the long ball, so I want to see those uh, home runs come down, and I want to see those walks come down, because it could be a big detriment to the D-backs team, obviously, so I uh, hopefully he works on that, but Closer, Mark Melanson, setup man, Noah Ramirez, middle reliever, Joe Mantipoli, and Caleb Smith is going to be my long reliever. So, that's my Dimebacks rotation and my D-backs bullpen. Early predictions, early projections for 2022, based off my opinions and trends I've seen from the D-backs last season. I had Corbin Martin as an honorable mention for that number 5 spot in the starting rotation Tyler Gilbert at an honorable mention too as a either number five starter or a long reliever. I think he's probably more cut out to be a long reliever. Then I had JB Bruskakis as an honorable mention too for a middle reliever and maybe a potential setup man and maybe a closer in the future, but not next season at least, but maybe a setup man next season. So if everything breaks right, I'm hoping that Corbin Martin and the JB Bruskakis at least step up to the plate because again, those guys were acquired in the Zach Greinke trade and they have not lived up to expectations so far. So I'm hoping those guys could, potentially have breakout seasons in 2022. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Shout out to everyone who might have listened today, especially if it's the people who I talked to earlier today at Cronkite. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, free and available on all platforms. Go make Lockdown Bets your second listen of the day. If you want to put some extra money in your pocket with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, we'll be back on Friday with more Lockdown Diamondbacks podcasts, you know, news, coverage, insight, whatever you want. We're going to be talking about it here on the pod. Hopefully, we get some lockout news. I think there's supposed to be some lockout news Thursday uh regarding the economic plan so we'll see what happens so if that so if, you know if we do get any lockout news uh we'll be talking about it on the pod on friday so we'll see what happens but that's it for this edition of the lockdown Diamondbacks podcast hope everyone stays safe and stay healthy deuces